Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Welcome to the Man Up To Cancer podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Maxwell, also known as the Man Up To Cancer guy, and I'm okay with that. I have a fantastic guest today. Um, Before I introduce him, though, I do want to do a quick shout out, another shout out to our friend, fellow cancer warrior, Lee Silverstein, host of the We Have Cancer podcast. So Lee is a tremendous advocate and friend of all of us in Cancerland. He has a huge heart. Um, and he does amazing, inspiring shows. Check out wehavecancershow.com. I was Lee's guest on show number 147. And at the time, I was on pretty substantially high dose of prednisone. Um, so I don't really remember talking him to him too much. I mean, I was there. I know that. But I was pretty hopped up. So I talk the entire time. Um, but if you are interested in that kind of thing, check out number 147. Lee, we love you. All right. Tracy Morgan, how are you doing, brother? Good. That's it? That's it. Well, I'm good wow. to be here with you. I mean, come on. It's time for prostates here right now. It's time for the prostate cancer crowd. You may hear my dog, Grace, barking in the background, and that's okay, because this is life, especially in a pandemic. Tracy Morgan is a proud dad, husband, U.S. Navy veteran. He's a father of three and has 11 grandkids. He's a stage four prostate cancer survivor and inactive treatment. And he is a strong advocate for men's health. Tracy's the founder of Mohawk Mission, which calls on men to screen for prostate cancer. He's also a leader in the Man Up to Cancer community. And I'm proud to call him a friend. Now, did you notice what I did there and left out all the bad stuff I usually say about you? Yeah, he did. I noticed that. So you could cut that part out and like share it with people and be like, listen to how awesome you are. <laughs> Can you use that in your bio? <laughs> no, probably not. No. They know me too much. Uh, so, Tracy, welcome to the show. Tell everyone where you're from. Hi, living in Illinois, north central, the big town of Grand Ridge, population 600. That's big time. How many stoplights you got in Grand Ridge? Uh, none. I like that. That's my kind of town. Just no laws. You're so, an outlaw anyways. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of the town thinks of me as an outlaw just because of his hair. Well, right. That's all right. We're going to get into the Mohawk a lot later, but... You can't see him right now, but Tracy has a pretty awesome mohawk, and let's table that. First of all, I want to talk about prostate cancer, and I want to talk about stats, which you have on your website, mohawkmission.com. Check it out, people, mohawkmission.com. One in nine men will develop prostate cancer in their lifetime. One in six black men will develop prostate cancer. One in five veterans will develop prostate cancer. And if you catch this disease early, you have a 99% plus five-year survival rate. If you unfortunately catch it late, which is what happened with Tracy, you have about a 30% five-year survival. We all know the stats are general, don't apply to all individuals, but that's that's what it is. That's what you're looking at for prostate cancer, which, you know, similar to my cancer, colorectal, absolutely critical that we screen people and get this cancer caught early, right? Oh, definitely. And that's the biggest push that I'm doing right now. There's no reason to not catch it early, unless you are like me. Yes. 
So let's get into that. So you were diagnosed in May 2019. You're coming up on a two years of your diagnosis. How did you find out you had cancer? Uh, severe back pain started. You know, bad enough you couldn't lay down. You couldn't hardly sit. Uh, oh. Went through about six weeks of it before we finally got somebody to get me in for an MRI on a Friday night. So I went in the morning, got it. I get a call in the afternoon. Says the radiologist says, "Uh, you need to come to the ER as soon as you can. You got a an anomaly or something wrong on your." Your MRI. Like, now, so let me okay. interrupt you for a second. How, how long had you been in pain and you, had you ever had any type of test like for any of that stuff? No. So it was six weeks of this back pain, mm. but didn't know squat about prostate cancer, didn't know anything about PSA tests. And how old were you at the time of diagnosis? 58. Okay. So go ahead. So, so you end up getting an MRI and they're seeing stuff that they don't like. Yeah. So I pick up, you know, me and my wife go up to the ER and get in there and Nurse asked me some stuff like, you know, chills, if any sign of you know, infection or anything. I'm like, well, no, you know, I'm fine, other than my back hurts. <laughs> and uh, it seemed like it was forever before the doctor finally come in. Yeah. And uh, he had been talking with the radiologist there, the radiologist at neurology radiologist down in Peoria at St. Francis. And, you know, kind of get the story all together. And before he come in... <sighs> And, you know, just comes in and says, uh, well, you have prostate cancer. It's like, okay, I can probably deal with that. And then he says, that has spread to your bones. Oh, boy. You know, so both me and my wife shut down. You know, he's asking, do we got questions? Well, yeah, I don't know what to say. Right, shock. You know, yeah, yeah, total shock. Uh, the only thing I heard was, you know, cancer spread in bones. And I was like. I've never heard that be good. That's just been, you know, that's 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 a recipe for disaster right there. Did you have anyone in your family or a close circle that had had prostate cancer? That you have any frame no. of context? No. No, I get to be number one. Uh, closest I had was a cousin that died from breast cancer. But wow. Yeah. So I mean, we didn't have really any type of cancer in the family. Speak of, you know, especially in the media line. So you and so you say this in your in your bio on your website that. For like a normal, you know, normal person, the your PSA level, your prostate specific antigen should be less than four. Yours was uh, close to three hundred. Yeah, two ninety four. Yeah. So this had been brewing for obviously, and it had spread to your bones. You, you said uh, it had metastasized to your bones from your neck, ribs, lower back, pelvic area, both hips, and right femur. Like we're not just talking about a little bit of spread. So this had been brewing for. Quite, did your doctors give you an idea on how long? You'd had this disease. I I asked my radiation oncologist, and he thought you know at least a year. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know how you tell, but yeah. Yeah. And what? Yeah. What do you remember most about your mindset and your emotions in the time right near your diagnosis? <laughs> so we we drove home. Uh, wasn't a, I don't think there was a word said on the way home. My wife texted one of my kids. So that, you know, she could get the word out to them. She was not in a state to talk to them. So, and I went in shutdown mode. I just, I didn't talk. I, I didn't ask questions. I didn't look on the internet. All I, I still had cancer spread bones. That's the only thing that was in my head, Whoa. cancer spread bones. And I said, you know, you got five, six months. You better start getting your, your yep. shit together, you know? Yep. 
And I did. I started, I was doing stuff around the house that weekend that I needed to get done. My office, I started boxing stuff up into different projects. So I gave it to somebody. They knew what it was. I mean, I was ready to to cash out that weekend. Oh man. I mean, resident, I get the goosebumps because that quiet ride, (laughs) that word, the the wordless ride home, we had that one. Yeah. My wife and I had that one after our, the colonoscopy I had. So, and then and then just that feeling of like, yeah, that's this is it. Like, I better start wrapping things up. That's what you think, right? Yeah. What else would you yeah. think? Before cancer, you were like, you know, the tough guy, the, the guy who didn't ever go to see the doctor. You're from that just rub some dirt on it generation. Or, or if you're hurting, you know, <laughs> just suck it up, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm fine. Leave me alone. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't like seeing doctors. It's a waste of my time. Every excuse you could come up with, yeah, I had it. I say I'm the poster child for stage four prostate cancer because of that. Well, I mean, which makes your message all the more powerful now is that you're saying, "Hey, don't be a Tracy." Exactly. <laughs> don't be in many ways, but the one we're talking about is get yourself to the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get checked. Take care of your health. Get checked, and and even just have a relationship with a with a primary care physician, you know, so that. Maybe once a year you can, if you're over a certain age, whatever, 40 even, so you can have a physical done, you can have blood work done, you can, uh, and also your screenings. Obviously, with your Mohawk mission, prostate screening is the the big push. Talk about what, uh, you know, not coming from the prostate world, I don't know too much about that screening. I know that there's lots of controversies in it, like, is PSA reliable? Mm. When should you get it done? What's is is there a recommendation that everyone can agree upon one now, or is it more just do you have a recommendation that you want to tell our listeners? I, I have my own recommendation that's a little bit tighter, and I have some other people Great. Uh, that kind of agree with that. And it's not what the American Neurological Society says, but it's if you're, you know, definitely by 50, you need to be getting checked, but really. At minimum, I'd have a baseline at 45, yeah. just just to check where you're at. If you've got my son's going to have to be started to get checked at 40 because it's it's in the family. Now, uh, if you're a black man, 40. If you're a veteran, 40. Yeah, is what is what I'm pushing, and some others are pushing that start getting it done. It's a you know everybody don't want to go in and get a, a DRE, which you know if you don't know what DRE is, a digital rectal exam. So it's the old finger up the yeah, butt. They, but they don't even buy you dinner first. No, no. <laughs> Sorry. You don't even get on first name. Susie might cut that out. First name basis. <laughs> you don't even get on a first name basis. <sighs> but ah, the PSA is a blood test. Right. Go in and ask for a PSA. I mean, it's going to catch most stuff. Some people don't react under PSA, but the vast majority of people yeah. do. So, it's a blood test. Go get it done. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. And start that discussion where? With your, if you have a primary care physician, clearly yeah. that's where to start it, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, hopefully he's, he's good with you. If he ain't, I'd go talk to somebody else because, you know, you're dealing with your life, not his life. So, absolutely. So, what has this really been? Um, I guess I like a, a change in the soul in terms of Tracy Morgan having to evolve and accept help and go to doctors and, you know, this is not something that you could do on your own. Oh, complete turnaround. My my daughters look at me and go, where's dad at? You know, where's that quiet guy that never used to say anything? And we can't shut him up now. Talk about that a little bit more. So it's not just, it's not just talking about prostate cancer and that mission. You're talking about changes in your just approach to life and, 
and, and showing people more what's inside and your heart. Oh yeah. It's, I have a Facebook group page, which is our zero fundraising team. We got 120 or 30 people in it. And that is kind of my, my journal, I guess you could say everything goes on. I, I don't hold, I don't hold nothing back on it. It's the mental side, the anguish, the everything, the tests, the anxiety for tests, the what, you know, all the things we go through, it's there. Cause like here, learn it, see what, you know, I want these people to understand what this is like to, to do this. Definitely. And then maybe they'll help, you know, if they have know somebody else in the family or friends that are doing it, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's what it's like. Has this deepened your relationships with your daughters and, and others who love you or, or maybe even deepened it or, or challenged you to make some breakthroughs that you hadn't done before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially the wife, you know, we've been married for we're going on 40 years this year. I mean, it's like you kind of get stuck in that rut. And, oh, yeah, you know. Sure. That's the way I am. That's the way I am. You know, you know we start taking or <laughs> paying attention a little bit more to each other nowadays. Uh, At least I definitely am. She's always paid attention to me. But yeah, it's you have to. You, everything's changed. I mean, the whole outlook on life has changed when you get this C word. So I feel the same, and I feel like we talk. I talk about that with my wife as well. Like. The lessons that come through and the silver linings of cancer are just amazing. They're absolutely gifts. But unfortunately, we have this, um, you know, <laughs> we have this enemy hanging over our heads. If it wasn't for the stage four cancer itself still hanging around, we'd have made these great breakthroughs in our lives. And, you know, it's still good. We can appreciate them. But damn, uh, you know, you don't want to have what, what forces them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know. If we could bottle that somehow and sell it to people, <laughs> you know, I think wives would buy it for their husbands all over the world. So. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm in. If you figure that out, I'm in. Uh, yeah, but don't go our route to get there. Figure out a different route. So now you are speaking up and encouraging men to be proactive about their health, about their cancer screenings. When did you make that turning point in your cancer journey when you said, you know what, like, you know, why not me? Why shouldn't I be out there as, like you said, like you're probably the best spokesperson for it. So how did you come to that point? Oh, I mean, I was pretty opened off the get go after the first couple of weeks of the, you know, why me stuff that you go through and finally accept it. Yeah. Okay. I got it. What am I going to do about it? And I kind of asked myself, was like, okay, well, I'm sure God's sitting there saying, well, you have this now, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, hmm, well, I guess I better, uh, help some people with this i got the opportunity to do it let's do it you know we, it's one thing to talk about it's another thing to have it and talk about it absolutely all right we need to talk about the mohawk so so in <laughs> our in our howling place group in the man up to cancer community people know tracy as the you know if i'll talk about mentioning him i'll be like oh yeah tracy did this and that they'll be like yeah mohawk guy so so how did mohawk guy come to be uh, so last year, we were supposed to have a zero run walk 5K at my urology center May 30th. And I had a set a goal to, to run the 5K, which I've never done in my life. And, and let me just interject. So for those who don't know, and if you mentioned it before, sorry, but zero is a national, if not international, nonprofit um, with a mission of basically combating prostate cancer, right? Yeah. Their, their goal is to end prostate cancer. Yes, end prostate cancer. And you have been participating with with them for a while. 
Yeah, since, well, I mean, like four weeks after my diagnosis, there was the first one, the first one of these run walks there. We went to it with a couple of family members, me and my wife, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, and didn't think a whole lot about it. And then 2020 came around, I thought, let's get involved with this. Let's, you know, let's raise some money and yeah, so the other. So May 30th of 2020 was the, you you were preparing for this Chicago Zero Run Walk. This is would have been yep. about a year into your journey. Yeah, so... I trained for six months to get this poor old body in the shape to run a 5K. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, of course, COVID hit and the run walk, first it got delayed to September and then it went virtual, same as all the zero run walks for the year, 40 some of them. First, that was devastating. It's like, well, I'm still going to run up on May 30th. So my one of my daughters, my younger daughter and her husband came up and we actually ran our little town of 600. I set out of the course and we did a 5K on that on May 30th. And I came in under the time I wanted to come in at. It was outstanding. My first one ever. Awesome, man. But in the process of doing this, <laughs> we're, we're coming up. All right, how are we going to raise money? And we were raising money right off the get-go in February. We started early before COVID hit. And all of a sudden, Zero started looking at stuff. It's like, who's this Task Force Morgan team that's raising money? Nobody's raising money right now because of all this. Right. And we're just, we're just, trying to pile it in you know and so we started getting some recognition well then i spent you know i was on the treadmill almost every day and i get off it one day and we'd been in the covid haven't got the, a haircut because everything shut down and i come off and i go into the bathroom and i just run my hands up through my hair and my hair stands you know way up just like ah! so i made a post and i said well you know my hair's protesting this this covid shutdown stuff <laughs> And I don't remember which one it was, but one of the two daughters says, oh, you need a mohawk. And I'm like, my first was like, Mary ain't no way in hell I'm putting a mohawk. Uh, that was old Tracy. You got to put old yeah. Tracy behind yeah. you. Yeah. Well, it took about five <laughs> seconds. All of a sudden, the thought process came in. Hmm, money. <laughs> so the response was, how much are you going to raise? There you so, go. The two of them decided they'd raise five hundred, then each would kick in two fifty, so it'd be a thousand dollars we'd get. I thought, bam! All right, we'll we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Problem is, we did that on a Monday night, and about five minutes after posting this, uh, my oldest daughter got a good friend that threw five hundred dollars. It's like, no, this ain't gonna go that easy. You gotta work harder <laughs> than that. So, so we raised it to fifteen hundred. I think we had that Thursday, and then I told them, I says, I had a mustache at the time. My kids have never seen me clean shaven. I haven't been clean shaven since boot camp time in 1982. And I says, get another, you know, 500, get 2,000 and you can shave the mustache off. Well, by Sunday, we had over $2,500 <laughs> in six days. And we went Facebook Live and amazing. I got cut and I got my mustache off. And that was the beginning of it. And then from there, it just, spread all of a sudden within like two weeks like everybody within the zero organization knows i have a, a mohawk yeah mainly because of my chapter director that happened to mention it from what she told me during a staff be all staff meeting so and then people are asking you know are you going to turn it blue or are you going to do this and and i'm like i just rewatched this video too just about two weeks ago <laughs> and none of us thought i was keeping it including me because we were going to go on vacation down to Smoky was like, this is gone before we uh, go to Smokies. Uh, that, it's uh, not happening. Uh, well, it wasn't ready to be gone by then. And so we went to Smokies. And by then it was like, 
Yeah, I'm starting to like this, so. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You took one look in the mirror after it was done, and you thought, yes, this guy (laughs) is looking good. (laughs) No, maybe yes, this guy will get attention. Okay. Well, you do look good. Uh, Right, so so the Mohawk has, has stayed. Oh, and it's going to stay because it's my signature now. Yeah. You know, with the Mohawk Mission and well, I mean, that, so. it's, I, how much product does it does it require to to really? I mean, it's a beautiful look, but what are you using? Can we get some sponsorship from your from your product company? <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what the name of it is. It's a holding gel. So once you put it in, it's kind of like <laughs> like a wire bristles. I mean. It, I love it. I need to After do it. it I, I I need to just decide what the right moment is. You know, we know that Joe Bullock is getting tattooed soon. Tattooed, yes. You know, and, and we have other things going on. But, you know, at some point I need to join you in solidarity with the Mohawk. Yes. I, I've got a, I wish you would get it done, a sweatshirt hoodie coming from my daughter. She's making that on the back of it. I say I don't want it on the front because I want it on the back when I go in stores because people walk behind you and they actually can read stuff. They don't read stuff on the front end. That's going to say you are better ask. advertising from the back. I, oh yeah, I, oh I agree too, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, it's going to say something like, "Go ahead, ask about the Mohawk." Yeah. I'm a stage four prostate cancer warrior. And I figured that's awesome. Let's put it out there. So you're going to be at your two year mark in May. From diagnosis, tell our audience what your treatment has consisted of and what your plan is sort of right now moving forward. So when we first started out, I had 10 days of radiation on my back, which got rid of the, or at least reduced the tumor enough to to get it off the, the problem with the spinal cord and stuff, which took care of that pain. That pain's been gone. Uh, I was on a Casadex, which is a hormonal therapy for about two weeks during that. And then at the end of radiation, I went to uh, a hormonal therapy or ADT, uh, androgen deprivation therapy. I was offered to go mm-hmm. to chemo, but I was like, man, I'm working full time. I don't, you know, is there anything else we can do? Well, yeah, we can do this. So we elected to go for the hormone therapy. So I'm on Zytiga, which is a daily pill or two pills a day. And yep. I, also take, I also take prednisone with that every day. And Firmagon, which is a shot every 28 days in the belly, which is loads of fun. And <laughs> that they both are there. Their job is to take my testosterone away because prostate cancer lives on testosterone. And yes, it has taken it away. Uh, it dropped my PSA from 294 in one mm. month. I think I was down to like 14, I think it was. And I went all the way down oh, wow. to 0.01 in June of last year was my bottom point. Yeah, so I remember that. It was just like, wow, this is working great. And I did 20 days of radiation on the prostate itself back in October of 2019. Yeah. To help reduce that tumor size some. And so things were going really good up through the middle of last year. And then the next test. It went up a little bit. It went to 0.02. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's just, it's floating. No big deal. And we, I think we were doing it every two months. The next one was 0.06. It's like, well, yeah, it's it's going up, but it's still, yeah. We're, we're good, you know. This ain't bad. Next one was 0.26. I'm like, hmm. Well, by then, they decided to put me on immunotherapy, which is Provenge. It's a little different than what you colon guys do. Mm-hmm. 
And there's three treatments of, they suck plasma out of you on know, white blood cells. It gets sent to a lab and they basically what they call supercharger T cells and then infuse them back in. So I met the requirements for that, which was two consecutive rising PSAs and cancer on the bones. So they hit me that as soon as they could. So that was November, December, I did that. Yeah. But that doesn't really affect your PSA. So it went from 0.26, and now we're doing every month, 0.39. Eh, okay, not too bad. And then we jumped to 0.96 in December, so more than doubled. And January, this month, it went to 3.25. Yeah. Which which more than tripled, and that was like, ooh. Yeah, so, that's a gut punch. Yeah, that was a gut punch. So my urology team said, let's get you to a medical oncologist. Uh, you might be having to look at chemo to get this knocked down. So I ended up going to one of the, the people they recommended who is from University of Chicago, which I liked having the university guy involved there. Yeah. He reviewed all my stuff and says, no, you're fine. Let's, and they had already talked about changing my, my oral med from Zytiga to Xtandi. And I had been tested the, the show because there's only like 10% of people can actually, that it should work if the other one failed. So I was lucky there. It says it should work. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm good with that. My radiation oncologist, we might be doing radium-223 treatments springtime. We'll see what happens with that. So I was like, oh, because I spent, you know, probably four weeks thinking, this guy's going to tell me. Gearing up. Chemo time. You know, my story is a whole lot different than you you guys. You know, you jump in both feet, chemo, surgeries. You know, radiation, you guys just love all of it. You know? and, <laughs> and mine's completely different. The chemo's kind of like, you know, later. And I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not even at two years and I'm going into chemo. This ain't good. I'm, yeah. I'm actually thinking, you know, the 30% five years, like, I ain't going to make five years if I'm on chemo already. And I know that's, you know, nobody wants in the family definitely does, but they don't want to hear that. But that's what's in my head. Of course. And then when he says... No chemo. So we leave the medical oncologist. We're driving away. And I'm like, just like I was the day I got diagnosed, I'm sitting there going, wow. <laughs> no chemo? This is great. Roller coaster, man, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm approved for my new medicine. Haven't started it yet. And I have a new scan coming up, which, you know, like you know, you're going, let's hope the med works. Let's yeah. hope the scan isn't ugly. And if all that goes, I, sh- I should kind of just keep rolling for now without having to worry about chemo and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You uh, make the best decisions that you can with your team. And then when things change, you adapt, regroup. And then hopefully in between, you get a little glimpse of this thing called life <laughs> yeah. outside of thinking about cancer. But I wanted to ask you about you know radiation and hormone therapy. So hormone therapy, like you said, to prevent the body from producing testosterone. And so we live in this culture where guys cherish their tea. <laughs> they cherish their testosterone. You, like I saw 20 ads for this, you know, yes. for supplements, like raise your tea or do you have low testosterone? And here you are. And in order for you to live, you you have been forced to lose that. Talk a little bit about <laughs> how difficult has that been? Uh it has been, but let me throw this one in. So in the uh, urology exam rooms and stuff, you know, there's always different things about different things. You know, ask your doctor. <laughs> one of them is, if you think you have low T, talk to your doctor. It's like, hey, that's me. 
I didn't think he'd, I probably wouldn't get a good laugh out right. of him. But. Like, my doctor was the one who gave me low T. What is that? Yeah, what, what is this? Uh, so there's several things that happen. So it's it's like a, a male menopause. You get hot flashes. Yep. Do never, never, never in the world give your wife a hard time about hot flashes. That is great Trust advice. Me, <laughs> if, if you if you ever get in this situation and you have hot flashes, you're going to exactly know what I'm talking about. Because if you when you say... Oh my God, these hot flashes are suck. All you get is this funny looking look that says, now you know what it's like. <laughs> oh my God. So we've done about 25, 26 shows and that probably is the single best piece of advice that anyone has ever given on the show. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm telling if, you. If you have symptoms because of your cancer treatment that, you know, are typically reserved for the, the women, our better halves, yeah. don't go there. Don't go there. Give her all the sympathy in the world that she wants. <laughs> uh, uh, so what else? F- fatigue, obviously. like <laughs> Fatigue is the worst yeah. part. I've tried diff- a couple different meds to help with the hot flashes. And I think they've, they've helped. They're a lot less than they, than they were originally. So... They're very tolerable right now to me. Good. I don't know if that'll change with the new medicine. Yeah. Uh, I hope not. But the fatigue, I, that's that's the one that's there day in and day out. You know, I can just be doing stuff and working in my office and just like a light switch goes on. I'm like, oh, I just feel like I got to go take a nap. Yeah. And, and the worst part is you can't oversleep it. So over the holidays, I was off and I'm sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night and i still feel like i need a nap during the day it doesn't you you don't catch up from it you know it's not like oh i'm tired you know if i get a couple hours sleep i'll feel better no doesn't happen i'm not ashamed to say that our sexual identity our libido you know our love life as as men you know a lot of us i that's part of our how we define ourselves or think of ourselves uh, like manhood uh, testosterone and, and having a uh, healthy and active sex life. And then all of a sudden this comes along and that goes in the gutter. Are there ways that you have coped with that? Our our coping is it's not the most important thing in our life. Right. Being alive is the most important thing. And I know a lot oh, of amen. couples can't get past that, but it's like, I have no desire. I'm like the, I kind of compare myself to the, the horse. that's now a gelding and you know, you you run around the pasture and smell the flowers, and <laughs> you, you don't care about the mares over there. They're hot to trot, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But but you nailed it, though. I mean, looking at that, and it's easier said than done. And for those of us who don't have a cancer that affects us in that way, um, it's hard for us to identify. But I think looking at <laughs> your redef- redefining your priorities altogether as a couple. Yes, as a couple. Yeah, definitely. I am going to have a awesome guest coming on soon. Dr. Sharon Bober is the head of sexual health program at Dana-Farber. And she focuses, does a lot of work with prostate cancer couples mm-hmm. um, and survivors and, and giving them tools and coping mechanisms and ways to maintain intimacy and even have a great sex life without, you know, that desire that like... That lack of desire is just the consequence of you getting this shitty disease. Exactly. But I'm excited to listen to her because I think she's going to give our guys some practical tools and tips on how best to ad- adapt to that. Because I think a lot of guys are are not willing to talk about how cancer impacts their sex life. Yeah. And intimacy, not just yeah. sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to. It needs to be talked about. So let's move on to lighter fare. 
I heard something. <laughs> someone told me to ask you about a cow chip contest. Or oh. are, are you are you going to be tossing cow chips? Like, what's going on? <sighs> okay, so <laughs> so part of my stuff that I do is zero. I'm a, uh, what they call zero champion. So we're kind of like the the big advocates for your organization, volunteer advocates. Yeah. And one of my buddy champions, Lyle Luke, down in the Carolinas. Every once in a while, he posts some odd thing. And one day, he <laughs> posts this video of a cow chip throwing contest in Oklahoma. And, of course, he's got to throw a little thing into it, you know, like, uh, well, hey, you know, who's who wants to do this or something like that? Well, I immediately raised my hand, literally, as I'm reading this. I'm raising my hand going, I'm in. My team's sponsoring this. I now have, well, I don't know, four, five, six other zero champions that have kind of... I think are coming uh, to this. So this August, this is going to be part of our fundraising. All right. Uh, so th- this August, we always have a little community fest day thing, you know, in our big little town of 600 people. And we are going to have a cow chip throwing contest for advocacy, awareness, and fundraising. So it is called Cow Chips for Cancer. Love it. And also has a hashtag of patties for prostates. So, yes, <laughs> we will be throwing... We will be throwing cow pies, uh, hopefully dry. Yeah, this is very Midwest. I like it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I looked at it. I says, you know, we're, we live in the middle of cornfields and bean fields and cattle and hogs. And I says, you know, where else are you going to do this? We got rednecks and hillbillies <laughs> all over the place. So and you throw a little beer. You throw a little beer in with it. Oh, my. Why would you this not? This is like, you know, I'll have yeah, to, I'll this, have is, to, uh, this is perfect. I got to get you guys some Howl Together out there somehow, Cannonball Run style. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, so, yes, yes, we're throwing so, so I want So, people, if you're interested in getting involved in this or following it, find Tracy Morgan Mohawk Mission on social. Also, go to themohawkmission.com. And, and Tracy, make sure you keep update folks on the website. We'll be doing that. Uh, we will probably within, probably sometime next month, we'll actually put a Facebook page up. For couch chips for cancer too. Awesome, man! I, so we're going to we're in a minute, like twenty seconds. We're going to jump into the gauntlet of random questions because oh. we're running short on time. But I, I just have one thing to say, and then you can answer it if you a question if you want. But it's more of a comment. Is just that I am so impressed by you. I love you as a brother, and I've just, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you through this. And I'm glad that cancer brought us together. And I hope that you are proud of yourself and i hope that you love the tracy of the past two years personally i know that it was hard for me to mourn that trevor the before cancer trevor that i lost and i you know the core is still there you're always the same person but it changes you it has no there is no way to have it not change you and i hope that you love the person that you are now and are proud of yourself man oh i am the you know me and god got a deal it's like you keep me here, I'll keep trying to save guys. So that's what we're doing. Now that's a good deal. All right, brother, we're jumping into the gauntlet. Are you prepared for this? Oh, no. I don't think you probably shouldn't be. I have some really good ones for you today. All right, the gauntlet of random questions is because cancer is heavy and we are going uh, away from it and talking about some funny questions that have nothing to do with it. All right, number one, UFOs and aliens are among us. Yes or no? Oh. No waffling. No waffling on these. (sighs) No. Which clue suspect committed the crime? 
Colonel Mustard, Miss Scarlet, Mr. Green, Mrs. Peacock, Mrs. White, or Professor Plum? Mustard. I'm I'm in the Colonel Mustard camp always. I'm he's as the kids say these days, he's super sus. I'm gonna get so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get in big trouble for saying that. I think it's like an Among Us thing, but anyways. Um if animals could talk, what which would be the rudest? A pig. Is this one that you've owned? No, but I used to raise <laughs> I used to raise hogs and I know how loud they can be, so would Tracy Morgan go streaking naked across the field at a major sporting <laughs> event for twenty five grand? Oh. And we're not just talking underwear here, we're talking the full full Monty. Boy. Well, it would be a, it would be a fundraising challenge for sure. Yep. And my motto is I'll do almost anything <laughs> for zero. <laughs> You, you might have to find a new partner for that one. I'm not sure Zero's on board. Yeah. Uh, I know. I want to say yes, but no. Okay. All right. Hey, I got you. A little wink, wink there. Yeah. <laughs> Couple more questions. Fit, can I put a hood over myself? <laughs> no way. Then you'd the Mohawk oh. needs to be front and center there. Well, I mean, besides other things, but hard uh, mask. <laughs> two more questions these are tough i know would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or travel to the future to meet your descendants back in time for sure how far oh like where do you, do you want to go like sit in a cave and see the morgan no no i think back at the time when everybody was coming like my grandfather came over on a boat yeah you know kind of that time that's that time cool. where did he come from poland so i'm a good quarter Polak, oh, wow. buddy. oh there you go awesome yeah Okay, here it is. Uh, the zombie apocalypse is upon us. We need Tracy Morgan to save the world. What is your go-to weapon to defeat the zombies? Uh, 50 cal machine gun. Damn, you did not mess around there. That's a veteran getting aggressive, people. Do not mess with Tracy Morgan, zombies. No, <laughs> go, go, go big or go home. Is there anything that we didn't talk about today that you want to put out to the world? couple little things. So, yeah, I'm busy this year. The Mohawk Missions yep. is up. We need to refine it a little bit more. I'm taking over the support group at my local clinic for us, too. Um, hopefully, I'll be involved with some stuff with Pfizer Pharmaceuticals and prostate cancer committees and stuff. So, you know, I take in as much as I can. And yeah. my therapist looks at me and goes, like, you're working, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you two full-time jobs? I'm like, well... Kind of, but that's why I like doing, you know? Awesome, man. So, well, keep on. It's good. Keep that's on keeping good. on. We got your back in the Howling Place and out in the world when you're doing your stuff. Um, it's an honor, man. And uh, hope to talk to you again down the road. Oh, thank you, sir. This has been a, been a great time. And get prepared for cow chips for cancer, people. Cow chips for cancer. <laughs> oh, man. I might have to get involved in that virtually. I'm sure that I could find uh, a nice pasture out here in Maine to uh, to pitch in. <laughs> All right, buddy. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Wolfpack doors.